When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. And just this past year, the Cat Writers Association awarded Arden the coveted President's Award, given exclusively to the best of the best. Arden is driven to live her motto, bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Pause up, pet pals. Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Hey, we're going to the dogs on this episode. Puppies, adult dogs, even senior canines, dogs of all ages, sizes, breeds, and personalities. They all deserve to learn and benefit by having good manners. They also deserve to have a little fun. Our special guests today specialize in bringing out the best in dogs. Please welcome to the show from the What a Great Dog Training Centers. We're talking founder and head trainer, Maureen Hatan and our owner and operations manager Sharon Lacaz. <laughs> Welcome to the show, ladies. I'm so glad you're both here. Be good to your dog. They bring out the best in us if we give them that chance. So work their noodles, work their bodies. It's really focused around helping the typical pet parent bring out the best in their dog, just like you said. So we run two locations. Uh, they're very large. We have at least four training rings at each center. We run over 200 group classes every week. So we see a lot of dogs. We utilize 200 classes a week. Yeah. So over 4,000 new dogs a year. So lots of puppies and dogs coming through our doors. Wow. Wow. And, and Sharon, what's your role in all this great, because it is a great place. You've got the great name, so you got to do great things. I am the operations manager. So on a daily basis, I'm running the operations for both of the facilities in Richardson and Frisco. Um, And I'm making sure everything's running smoothly and uh, making sure that we've got the scheduling down so that we have all the offerings that the clients are seeking and um, that we are, um, you know, having, you know, taking care of our customer service needs and so forth and taking care of a lot of things on a daily basis so that Marine can focus on the other things uh, like our online services, as well as the puppies, as well as um, <laughs> keeping our curriculum fresh and up to date. I like uh, that. I mean, there is, you are in person, but you also have found, thank you, COVID, that there can be a way to reach more people online, right? Yes, absolutely. And COVID was the inspiration for us starting. <laughs> I've never heard that sentence before. <laughs> COVID was the inspiration. It kind of pushed us kicking and screaming into the online world, but it's yeah. been a good place to be. And we're going to continue there. 
We're finding that people that are not in our geographical area are enjoying getting to take advantage of the methodology and the classes that we offer by joining these online classes. And then additionally, some of our local clients are really enjoying um, having that as an option, especially with our puppy training. We have an online puppy seminar that's very popular uh, that people really across the country are using to have an expert start with raising their pup. And this is critical. You want to get them off on the right paw. So I want to talk about the seminar, but first I want to talk about something that's sort of new. And I, I think you guys are trend setting. And uh, in some uh, doggy daycares to a limited degree, they do have a little um, like a puppy day school, but you guys are doing training. It's called puppy day school. And tell us about that because I think a lot of people would be interested in that. It's not just your regular obedience, one, two, and three good manners. Tell us what is puppy day school, why you started it, when it started and the bennies. Yes. So we call it great puppy day school. And oh, it's great started- puppy day school. <laughs> we <gotta> use, great. <laughs> use our branding. Um, so great puppy day school. We started it just a few months ago and I, we are so pleased with this program. Clients are loving it. The results we're getting are fabulous, but those early weeks with a puppy are so critical in forming the pup, the dog that they're going to become and to really do it right in those early weeks with a puppy takes not only a lot of time, but it really takes some expertise that most people don't have. And so we had clients that were asking for this. We were seeing people struggle with their puppies. So we formed this program. With us, the puppies come for three half days every week. Wow. Okay. And our professional trainers work with those puppies the entire time they're there. And most importantly, we uh, counsel the owners on what they need to do when they get home with those puppies to continue what we've uh, started in class. And so we're handling things in puppy day school, important things like um counter conditioning, desensitization to handling. So these are pups that are going to learn to be calm and confident Good. when they go to groomer, when they go to the veterinarian, when their owner goes to trim their nails, uh, when they see a strange dog when they're out and about. So all those early experiences that need to be handled kind of with kid gloves, um, we're doing that and giving these pups just an awesome start. And you got to admit, it's probably, they're, they're so darn cute. They're, they're coming <laughs> in, they got their ears still coming up or doing oh, yeah. stuff. I mean, what, what's been, uh, so they go for uh, three half days a week. How long do they usually go? Um, so the program is six weeks. So the puppies come to us for six weeks in a row, three wow. times a week. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, it's five weeks, five weeks, <laughs> five weeks in a row, three times a week. And then after that, the pet parent does have the option of extending with additional weeks Although we do cut them off at about six months because we really want to keep the program focused on puppies. Um, and okay. not how, how young can they be? I know you want to make sure they get their first round of vaccinations. Yeah. So um, we, rec- um, we do. We are in an area where parvo is a problem. So we do actually require two sets of vaccinations okay. plus five days for that vaccination, that last vaccination to take effect. Okay. And then they can come on down and we like getting them early. So you know, nine, 10 weeks is not too young to start oh. if they've met their vaccination requirement. Sharon, what's your take on this program? You're kind of seeing the day-to-day. What's your, what is the benefit you see for both the pup, the person, and the rest of us? Well, what I'm saying is, you know, we get a lot of phone calls from uh, clients that, um, that, you know, they haven't had a puppy in a while or maybe even ever, right? And they've kind of aren't aware or they've forgotten uh, what having a there goes your eight hours of uninterrupted sleep. Yeah. Yes, exactly. they, they bite with those needle teeth. Uh, that's what they do. Uh, they, they do all these kinds of things and um, you know, they're, they're frustrated. And so 
what what this allows them to do is then bring it bring them to us and let them let us work with them and then when they're finished with this program basically we've taught them all the manners one uh, behaviors you know the, the core behaviors and they're really basically ready for manners two you know we have manners one two and three and the idea is that when they're finished with this program not only do they have all the vital socialization. Uh, that every puppy needs during that critical time, but they're also ready for manners too, so that the client can jump in oh, and good. if they want to come to school and bring their puppy to school, they're ready for manners too. So they kind of give it to us. You know, it's kind of we with the way we kind of talk about it is well, you can let us do it or you can do it. <laughs> right? No, thank you. What yeah. what a great dog, please, for 200. People. Yeah. So a great idea. Yeah. I like that. We've got just a minute left before we take a break. Um, Maureen, what is it about the brains of a puppy that it is so critical and their fear stage that you really need to have this good foundation? Yes. So the critical socialization period is generally talked about being between eight and 16 weeks. And it's a phase that is not repeated again in a puppy's life. And the experiences they have during that critical socialization period are going to make a huge impact on their temperament, especially their confidence and their optimism going forward. So it's essential, especially for listeners who are not in the Dallas area and aren't able to bring their puppies to What a Great Dog. It's essential that you find a program that utilizes only positive reinforcement training that is so essential, especially with young puppies. All right. We're speaking with uh, Maureen Patan and Sharon Lacaz. They are the brains, the geniuses behind What a Great Dog training centers. They're in Frisco and Richardson, Texas. That's in the Dallas area. Whatagreatdog.com. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about puppies. So sit, stay. We'll be right back. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And now you never have to miss not even one second of any episode. Why? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. (laughs) Bringing out the best in pets and their people, this is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We're talking with uh, my pals at What a Great Dog. We're talking Maureen Patan and Sharon Lacaz. So (laughs) I want to thank you both because even though I've written a number of books and I know a little bit about dogs, I still think it's important, no matter what your level of knowledge of dogs, you need to go to a reputable dog training program because of the experience. Sharon, what's your take? I mean, you saw me coming in. I love the the opportunity to bond with Kona and Emma. Well, what I saw, especially with Emma, your Gemma and our Gemma, um, <laughs> you know, she was quite uh, uh, timid, you know, when she started. And then as she kind of got used to and went through the program, she developed more confidence. And that's what we see a lot 
in our dogs that come in. You know, they come in for Manners One. They haven't seen the facility. They're not quite sure on that first uh, visit. Are they at the vet? And then, and then they get so excited to come there. They're like dragging yeah. their owners through the door. And a lot of times, um, the owners having a hard time getting them out the door to go home. <laughs> yeah, to Emma home. wanted to do a lot of shopping in your retail shop yeah, after yeah. class and, each time. And Emma did do a lot of shopping <laughs> and maybe yeah. even a little bit of shoplifting. And she did make pals with a very big dog in class because we had a big dog that had passed away. And I thought it was fun when we had to pair up that we had the smallest and the largest dogs in class paired up <laughs> because they liked each other. Mm-hmm. Right. So we talked about the puppy, um, the great puppy day school. You threw another one in there. And all you have teenagers out there, listen up. Uh, Dogs also go through sort of an adolescent phase. So Maureen, tell us about what you do for the adolescent dogs that are mouthing, jumping, grabbing their leash. You know, what? there's a program you have. Yes. So it's a new class. We're calling it Manners 1.5. And it's really aimed at those adolescent dogs. So um, when people bring their pets and they come through the Manners 1 class, at the end of that, they've got some nicely trained behaviors of sit, down, stay, come when called, leave it, go to mat. But they're probably still struggling with some of their around the house behaviors and just living with that dog. Yes. Especially if you know they started their training as a puppy. And so the training's going well, but they're hitting that adolescent stage. And uh, you know, current studies on animal behavior continue to point out the dogs do go through an adolescence and it's not unlike human adolescence. They're challenging a little bit, aren't they? Not, they don't have to be aggressive, but they can be a little challenging, right? Absolutely. can be a challenging time. And just like with humans, it can be a little bit of a fork in the road <laughs> on where this dog is going to go with his behavior and his temperament. So it's um, really essential that we help clients through that adolescent period with their dogs. So this Manners 1.5 class does continue with the training of those trained behaviors, but it also helps educate the clients on the challenges of the dog's adolescent period and gives them really pro tips on how to manage through this time and to really help their dog, uh, their puppy grow. Well, into give us an example. Puppy. Throw me one. Throw me a bone, Maureen. Throw me a bone. Yes. Okay. So I am currently in this class. Yes. Um, oh, you are. Who's your doggy you, you're in with? You've met my fluffy monster, I think. Um, I have a teenage boy, male, and I'm not used to having males. I normally have females, but so this is a new experience for me. So I'm in this class. So and what's your name of your dog? Give him a shout out. Dylan. 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 Okay. As, in, as in Marshall, Marshall, Matt Dylan. He's a Malinois. <laughs> oh, um, oh, good. He's Those a teenager. And this is a whole new world for me, a male teenager. So there's certain <laughs> things he does, you know, marking and so forth. Oh, like marking on your couch or what? Uh, he, well, I've, I've. I don't have that problem, but outside and things that he should not be marking on outside. Oh, um, come on. Give us an example. What's he piddle on? <laughs> so what we're learning in this class is like how to teach them, uh, you know, like don't mark here, but mark here. Okay. So we're working on those kinds of things and various impulse control like mm-hmm. things, because as these hormones start kicking in, whether it's female hormones or male hormones, point. there's a whole nother world that, of things that you have to work on. Uh, because they just start exhibiting these things and you're like, what is this? Where did that come from, Dylan? What does this relate to? And it's the hormonal type changes that you're going through. Yeah. And they have a mind of their own. So we're working on, I would, if I were to also have a subtitle that class, it would probably be impulse control. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, So so give us a tip that has been working because you're actually taking the class with your teenage dog. Right. It's rewarding for making good choices 
you know, like, like we're putting like some very um, tempting, tempting <laughs> things in the room. Like what? Be but, specific. Uh, like, like fluffy things and, and things in the middle of the room um, to leave it kind of thing. Shoes. Okay. Shoes. Okay. Like he still has an issue, you know, with shoes and socks because they smell like mom. So we're putting some things in the room and we're working on the leave and rewarding for making good choices and turning right. back to mom mm-hmm. instead of gra- wanting to grab the socks and run. So <laughs> impulse control. Also rewarding. We've gone outside because it's been really nice weather and working on marking on this, you know, like pottying on this tree, but not on this man-made thing like the building, right? Okay. So working on making these kinds of choices. And it really is working out quite well. Well, We're I wish I wish on- you and Dylan the best. And Maureen, yeah. jump in here. What's another thing, this 1.5 for adolescents? People are kind of interested in this. I think this is yeah. also very important because you want to have them become good, good adults. Yes. And another key piece of this class is the education uh, for the uh, pet parents on their dog's needs, especially during this time. So during adolescence, puppies have so much energy and their instincts, their natural instincts are playing a big role in their behavior. And so the class helps us understand, especially for the particular breeds, what that dog's need is, what their doggy instincts and doggy needs are and how to best meet those. Um, You know, a terrier is going to have a tremendous need to sniff. And if we can give them- This is radio. (laughs) Okay. And if we can give them that outlet, either by- enrolling in a nose work class, or even just doing simple scent games at home. And so this class educates and gives people ways to implement at home strategies that really just help fulfill their dog's needs, which what are going to be honey. What about a, a working dog, like a Belgian Malinois? What's their need? Cause Sharon's listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So the work, all the working breeds, of course, have just tremendous, um, focus and energy. And so the ability to really put them to work can just really help make them a better dog. And their job can be, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the case of a Belgian Malinois chasing down the bad guys. No, (laughs) We can give them a job that fits our lives a little bit more. And so just through, it can be um, obedience training that that can be their job, or you can get into dog sport, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit later can be a great way to engage their mind. Um, And and Sharon, what do you think about your connection with Dylan taking him to this, uh, 1.5 1.5 adolescence class. I mean, you, you run the place, but you're actually being a student with your dog. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, me taking, he loves nothing more and this kind of dog likes nothing more than to work. Um, so our connection improves every time he can get even 10 minutes with me to work. Right. And it also wears him out for him to be able to work and work with me. Um, it wears him out. Uh, so every time we can work on things um, using his brain, he's more relaxed and he's not circling in his crate 5,000 times, you know, <laughs> right. So the other thing I wanted to, you know, one of the things we're learning in the class too, is the uh, magic of decompression walks, um, you know, to mm-hmm. let them, you know, you don't always need to have them right at your side doing this really regimented heel. Yes. What's even more important is having them on a long line. Um, or even off leash, if you can, you know, get a uh, fenced in place, or if they'll they have a good recall, just just go let them sniff. Just I like that. Yeah, it helps them. Yeah, they need to relax. Hey, yeah. we're speaking with uh, Sharon uh, uh, Lacaz and Maureen Patan of What a Great Dog Training Centers. They're in Frisco and Richardson, Texas. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about some canine sports. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. You need even more Arden Moore? 
We're online at fourleggedlife.com. And don't forget, we post all of our guest interviews plus lots of other goodies to the Arden Moore YouTube channel. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Got dog? Your dog needs to be schooled in a positive, great way. And who better than the team at What a Great Dog and Richardson and Frisco, Texas. We got the the leaders of the pack here. We're talking Sharon Lacaz and Maureen Patan. And we talked in the beginning a little bit about pups. And they had two new programs. There's like a puppy great puppy day school. You can have them get some good time. And then also for an adolescent pup, because things change. The brain is moving. The physical body is growing. You hope they combine and in sync. But you know what? Just like us, our dogs like to do things. And there's a number of different sports out there. And this is what I wanted to spotlight for the second half. And Sharon, uh, you're quite the sport. Uh, tell us what sports your dogs and what their names are and what sports they're in. Okay. I have two Malinois, um, an older one and a younger one. And uh, that's Ripley is the older female. Mm-hmm. And I have the younger one, which is Dylan, the two-year-old male. And then I have Misty, um, my my freak of the group, which she's a standard schnauzer. <laughs> and all I mean is freak is different breed. Uh, that She keeps me on my toes, right? Good. She's She's the smarty pants of the group. Uh, <laughs> so the, the sports they are involved in are agility, barn hunt, dock diving. Um, they're also involved in nose work very heavily. Um, and then I and then Dylan, my youngster, he's involved in uh, Mondio, which is a uh, uh, a bite sport. Which what, is, say that name again? Mondio, M-O-N-D-I-O, which is um, heavily obedience work um, and then some bite work. Um okay. So what um, I love about these things, like, for instance, Misty, the standard schnauzer, like my favorite of all these things um, is uh, agility. Right. And I wanted Misty and and all of them to do agility. Wanted Misty to do agility so bad. And she said, "Mm, no, I just want my nose to be on the ground. (laughs) Agility with your nose on the ground. So I said, "Okay, Misty, I give up. You win. We'll do nose work. And at the time, that was my very first uh, venture into nose work. I was like, I don't really want to do nose work. I think it's boring, whatever. Um, so I'm like, all right, Missy, you went. So, we, so we tried nose work. I love it now. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, and Misty is one, um, qualifying, uh, run away from her overall elite title. Um, she loves it. I love it. We, we, uh, compete all the time and the other two dogs compete in it as well. But here's the thing about nose work and we have lots of classes in nose work, but, um, they, it's like the super sniffer class. <laughs> it is the super sniffer class. Uh, they go and they find uh, these essential oils, basically. Um, it's, it's how you train any kind of nose work, whether it's drug detection or or uh, finding a person. or It's the same kind of training. Um, but uh, they use their brain. They, they love to use their noses, of course. And then they use their brain uh, to indicate, you know, where that, uh, I like that. Where I like is. That. Right. But here's the thing. Even after a one hour class. They crashed. They are they are exhausted. You would think that agility would exhaust them. No, you're no, working the metal noodle. <laughs> them running around the ring at 100 miles an hour exhausts them less than using their nose for an hour and their brain. Um, and That's good. So yeah, lovely. Yeah. 
And and Moraine, canine sports, give give us kind of the overview. It seems to be, you know, back in the day it was agility, it was uh, uh, obedience, but there's rally, there's the nose work. Um, there's something called agility stimulus control games, scares mm -hmm. me. Um, and you have some trick training. I mean, tell us kind of an overview. What? Why is it so important for a dog to, to be in maybe a sport, but a sport that they like, as, as Sharon was mentioning, you got to get the dog's got to be in it, too. Oh, absolutely. And it's exciting how much each year dog sport grows and how new dog sports are created. You know, back in the day, it was just competitive obedience and then yes. agility came on. And now there's just so many options. And it really is a matter of finding something that you and your dog are going to enjoy doing together. And not every dog is suited for every sport and neither is right. every person. But now with the variety of dog sports that are available, literally every pet owner can find a sport that both they and their dog are going to enjoy doing. And the relationship with your dog, when you do something like this together, it's just incredible how it grows. Um, it's a, it's really a beautiful thing. And people often tell me that they got into dog sport because they felt like their dog needed it. But then once they're in, they realize they needed it too. And that the whole um, social scene around the sport, in addition yeah. to fun and the physical activity, it's just a wonderful, wholesome thing for everybody to be doing with their dog. People know a lot about rally and, and, and things like that. I mean, about uh, agility, yes. but rally, really rally, really rally. Tell us more about that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so rally is a form of competitive obedience. Um, so, you know, back 20 plus years ago, competitive obedience was a very formalized thing, almost militaristic in the requirements and how you were scored. And it was recognized that there could be a more fun version of yeah, this. Yeah, please. So that's essentially <laughs> what rally obedience is. So it's um, competing in obedience, but it's um, much more fun and it's um, very conducive to positive training and uh, we enjoy it. So it's things like the dogs just being trained to walk nicely on leash, sit down, stay, come when called. And some fancy moves are thrown in there that too. we wish our spouses would do, right? <laughs> yes, come <exactly>. when called. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another, I like the, also that you also do some trick training and, um, uh, Kona took, a, a learned a few tricks when she was at, uh, what a great dog. And she weaves between my legs. She spins, she jumps in my arms and things like that. And it's, and I also came up with a trick. I pretend to put her on a leash and I say, you're on the invisible leash. And I, when I'm in a class with kids, you know, she's a therapy dog and she walks around the room as if I have her on a leash next to me. Do you guys like that trick? That's pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> and then in pet first aid classes, um, I just say, we're going to do CPR and, and rescue breathing. And she pretends to be unconscious so I can clap. Wakey, wakey, Kona. And she doesn't move. So I, I am inspired by what a great dog. You guys are that. But trick training, come on, who wants to jump in? That's kind of a fun thing. People want party games with their pups, right? Absolutely. It's so fun. Yeah. It's really, really fun. And they love it. I mean, I, it's so funny how much they love to do it. Mm. Again, it's, it's really that bond with your dog and how much they love to work. They just, honestly, they just want to interact with you. Mm. Yeah. You know, they just want you to interact with them. Of course, the treats the treats are an extra special bonus, but um, they really just want to interact and they just really want to work. I mean, nobody just wants to lay around all the time. No. Right? So what's so. A, what's a couple fun tricks that you have either trained in your dog, each of you guys, or have it at What a Great Dog? We'll start with, with Sharon. What's a couple yeah. of fun tricks? Both the Malinois take a lot of joy out of playing dead. Right. <laughs> 
you know, pretending like they're dead. <laughs> I and, say you yeah. won the lotto and you pass out. That's what yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's a much nicer uh, way to, <laughs> way to train. They they think it's great fun, and in fact, I can just kind of look at them sometimes, and they're like, "I'm doing it now. Give me a treat, right?" So, oh, so they learn how to not move. What's another trick they like? Uh, they do sit pretty, where they sit up, and but then they're up all the way. Yeah, sit okay. pretty. I can uh, sit pretty. Bow. Okay. Not yeah, pretty, but bow. yeah. Yeah. And um, holding objects in their mouth. Yeah. Is really oh, practical. really? What would be some really... things they like, Maureen? Well, so we use it sometimes around here. We do have a retail store here. Yeah. So we love that most of our staff dogs have that behavior trained, whether you can hand them something and they'll hold it on mm-hmm. cue and you can take oh. pictures. So we're constantly we marketing. Yeah, we're constantly <laughs> canine marketing it. What a great dog. Yeah. Right. So yeah and they don't chew it apart, me. right? It's a yes, soft. Exactly. So you just hold it quietly. And so that works out nice. We uh, here's a funny story. You know, I had, uh, you've been a you've seen my office, Arden. Like I have a, a child gate across the opening, so I can leave the door open, and my dogs are in there. So uh, one of my team members, we got kind of lazy. Like she went uh, to to sit to give me something, but she didn't want to open the gate and come bring it to me. <laughs> she just drop it inside the gate, and my Malinois uh, female Ripley she would pick the item up and bring it to me, uh, you know, whether it was a credit card or a pencil. Nice. Or a but that's paper. good. That's fun. They're working their yeah. noodles, right? That's right. She needs a job and that needs a job. She likes and, knowing she's got one. And we were lazy. And so she'd pick it up and bring it to me. See, what a great dog benefits us humans too. Hey, we're going to wrap up this episode and uh, take a quick break. And when we come back, I, I really want to learn a little bit more about uh, nose work and Doc diving, anything you want to share, because people need to know that there are, it is a growing trend to have uh, dog sports. So everybody sit and stay. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. We're talking with Maureen Patan and Sharon Lacaz of What a Great Dog. I hope you guys are having a good time. We are. Uh, <laughs> what a great gig to have. I don't know. I know a little bit of your past, but I, I bet you enjoyed what you did in the past. But come on, this got to be canine cool. So, Maureen, tell everybody what you did because it's like, what's my line? What did you do before you entered the world of dogs? Uh, so I was in technology and had a management position with a Fortune 100 company. Um, I remember as a kid thinking, if I ever had a job that I could take my dog to work with me. Yeah. That's yeah. It took me, it took me a lot of years to get there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but here I am. <laughs> so, but that gave you the business skills and, and human interaction skills that you needed, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it, it's, this is about dog training, but it's also running a business. And yeah. so it's an important part of it. <laughs> and what about you, Sharon? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I always want to work with animals, you know, like an animal trainer, you know, whether it's dolphins or dogs or something, but, you know, it doesn't really pay a lot. So <laughs> went into corporate world, Fortune 200 company, mm-hmm. controller, and then a plant manager and so forth. But really what I was doing is I was gathering my pile of money <laughs> so that I could come do something like this. And so I'm just tickled to death. So that's kind of where I, I think we kind of both did the yes, same thing. We're, we're like, we're trying to mm-hmm. gather a pile of money so we could come. <laughs> so we well, could. you gathered a good pile of money and now you're going to the dogs in a good way, <laughs> which is perfect. A little bit about agility, because agility evolves. Can you give us a little take on what's happening in agility in 2022, uh, Maureen? 
Yes. And I'll let Sharon jump in here as well. I um, also have competed in agility and uh, taught it in the past. I'm actually not competing right now. Sharon's a little more active with it than okay. I am, but it's um, definitely a growing sport. And the point that I'll add is there's more and more organizations that are becoming governing bodies for agility. So now there's all these different flavors of agility, essentially, oh. including one that we've started at What a Great Dog through one of our trainers, Megan Johnson, and that's called Reactive and Distracted Agility. And it's agility trials, but set up specifically for dogs that are still learning to work through the incredible challenges of being in a crowded agility event. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So there's just so many different ways now to go and engage with agility, even with some dogs that maybe would have been too challenged behaviorally Mm -hmm. to have done it in the traditional sense. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be coordinated as a human. So it's not just the dog going through a tunnel. You've got to know where (laughs) you're going when. Sharon, what would you like to add? I would just say, I'd like to say that her acronym is RAD. Right. Reactive and yes. distracted agility. Rad. And so I like that. Rad. Reactive and distracted agility. Cool. Yes. Those dogs in the past didn't ever get to right. do agility because when you go to an agility venue, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's noisy. There's barking and those dogs just would shut down or or get even uh, more uh, reactive. Yes. Right. And Megan just had such a passion yeah. for helping those dogs be able to play agility mm-hmm. that she mm-hmm. formed this rad organization and uh, we host the trials at our, our place. Mm-hmm. I love it. Now I have to throw this in because on your Facebook page, you surprised me, Maureen, you're into pickleball. America's into <laughs> yeah. pickleball. I wonder if, uh, tell us about that. And do you think there'd ever be a, something with a pickleball like thing that could be involving you and your dog? You could create a whole new sport. I don't know about that, but it's a new hobby that my husband and I have taken up and we're enjoying. But you know, the interesting thing is, is the, um, the myth at least around pickleball is that it was actually named after the founder's dog was named pickle and that oh. that's why it's called pickleball and i've oh, never that the myth okay viable option for that but I'd, i've also not heard confirmation so i think there is a dog connection there <laughs> oh very good very have you tried pickleball yet sharon i have not i have not but everybody's doing it but, but <laughs> no pressure sharon no pressure my husband was looking at our backyard and he was like we can put a pickleball court right here <laughs> and i'm just like oh my gosh i'm like maureen's trying to figure out how to put a yes, pickleball court in yes, exactly. now we haven't touched the the dock diving um i i lived for many years in california and i got to see it in its infancy and I actually had a pair of dogs that were the original socal surf dogs so i actually did surfing well, wow. actually, humbly, they serve better than I did. Um, but what do you think about some of the water sports? I know we're in Texas, but there's lakes and other things. What's your take on uh, water sports? I tell you, what, it is very, very, very popular here. Um, and people drive for hundreds of miles mm-hmm. to get to you know a dock diving facility. There's not that many of them. Many, many, many of our clients participate in that. It's lots of fun. I've done it with my dogs. Um, I've even taken the schnauzer who doesn't particularly like water to mm-hmm. dock diving, uh, but it's lots of fun. Uh, you know, the dogs are just running up to on a dock and jumping off and, you know, throwing a toy and they're grabbing it. And, you know, it's all about how far they can go. They're given their uh, ribbons and so forth based on how far they go in the pool. Um, I'd love nothing more than to put in a dog diving facility. We don't have, we don't have the space for that, but I would love to do that, but it is so much fun. And it's just another way for you to get involved with your dog. And so many breeds love that. Oh yes. So I'll just take on that Maureen. Yeah. So you would think it would only be the traditional water loving breeds. Like you'd expect the the labs and goldens to be out there. Yeah. And border collies, they're big, they're brainiacs. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. But it turns out that um, lots and lots of dogs can learn to love water and can learn to love mm-hmm. leaping out there and trying to get as far as they can. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of trust, too. They're in the air and then they're in the water. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So we need to talk about how to keep your dog ready for a sport, just like us as an athlete. I, I'm not a big fan of weekend warriors. Uh, Maureen, what's some tips you can give people so they don't have dogs that get some injuries or, you know, because they're not really warmed up or ready to yes. go? Yeah. And there's, there are excellent classes and online resources on canine conditioning. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're doing a demanding sport like agility, like dock diving, I think we're really duty bound to keep our dogs safe by making sure they're in the right physical condition. So, you know, it starts with being an appropriate weight. You know, nothing's going to injure a dog faster than them carrying too much weight. So super important um, to work with your veterinarian to make sure that you're keeping your dog at the proper weight. And then secondly, there are um, absolutely just like for human athletes, there are conditioning exercises and stretches that are very valuable. I mean, doing a play bow or sit up, isn't that helping? Oh, absolutely. And so, yeah, having a warm up routine that involves some of those kinds of moves before you uh, step onto the agility field or go do a dock diving run is really important. So Sharon, when you're getting ready to do an agility event with your dogs, what kind of warm-ups do you and your dogs do? Just like you just said, um, you know, it, some people may not be aware, but there are doggy chiropractors and uh-huh. so forth. And um, I, I have one. Um, yeah, they're recognized by the American Veterinary Medical Association. Yes. And um, mine has shown me some various exercises. And just like you said, play bow, uh, you know, you do a play bow with them, but you kind of even kind of have them, you know, push them back a little on their haunches. Oh, so okay. Really stretching uh, their hindquarters and so forth. But there's several like that that you're doing and you're having them, uh, you, know, you know, luring them around with a treat so that they're taking oh. their nose back toward mm-hmm. their hip. You okay. Know, so during that stretch. So there's several stretches like that that you can do. So that you're just trying to get them just like we would kind of do people yeah. yoga. You're kind of having them do doggy yoga to yeah. get the, those muscles warmed up. You don't just take them out there and start having them jump over big jumps and things. I mean, you got to warm up their muscles just like we would do before we started a marathon or a, uh, a sprint or a pickleball or tournament. Yeah, exactly. We have a little more than a minute left. I want you both to tell people What's a wish you have for people and their dogs for this holiday season? What's something we can do? doesn't have to cost money to bring out the best in our dog. Who wants to go first? Um, I guess I'll jump in. And if I were going to give just one tip, it would be to make sure that you're meeting your dog's needs, right? Make sure that your dog's getting the mental and physical stimulation that he needs. Dogs need to chew. They need to sniff. They need a chance to explore new places. Um, And I think we owe it to our companions to offer that, make sure we're offering those options to them. I like that. Sharon, you're up. Just to take off on that, um, more and more and more is this uh, decompression walk, mm-hmm. you know, where you attach your leash to a, a back attack, a back attach harness. Yep. Let them just walk and sniff. And if you've got a safe spot that's fenced, um, and I'm talking about acres, you know, that we have this sniff spot app yeah. that you can download mm-hmm. where you can find somebody's property that they're not using and rent it for a very small mm-hmm. amount of money. Oh, I've seen those groups do that. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like Airbnb for dogs. Yeah, it, it is. is. And it's inexpensive. And you can just let them run mm-hmm. um, yeah. and it's safe. That's what they want to do. If you can do that once a week, it is huge bang for your buck. Um, it really, really, really helps a lot. The backyard gets really boring. It dogs does. want novelty. They want to go on adventures. Just yes, like exactly. Just like us. We they take our dogs on a doggy vacay once a year and they love it. 
Hey, yes. we're speaking with uh, Sharon Lacaz and Maureen Patan of What a Great Dog Training Centers, whatagreatdog.com. Be good to your dog. They bring out the best in us if we give them that chance. So work their noodles, work their bodies. I really appreciate both of you being on the show. I want to thank all of you pet pals for tuning in. And of course, all the stations airing our show coast to coast. And I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Tevra Brands. So until next time, this is Arden Moore. I'm saying to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there, pause up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch full-length video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. And have a pawsome week. 